Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Soul Survivor Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Bird, here with my co-host, Ryan Winthrop, and we are here for the Episode 3 Recap, Survivor Season 41. Action-packed episode, to say the least. Um, a lot of a lot of crazy stuff happening, a lot more advantages being dumped into play and then taken out. <laughs> I mean, just, just a lot going on, Ryan. What were your initial thoughts on the episode? How are you doing tonight? Oh my God. I mean, JD broke some relationship crystals and Brad flew too close to the sun, or should I say a, he got blown up by his propane tank, like whatever you want to say here, but that was a lot. That, that's what I'll say, Dylan, a lot. It, it was certainly a lot. Um, now, before we get into it here, just want to remind everyone who is watching tonight, once again, to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, be sure to like this video, subscribe to this channel if you aren't already, that really helps us out. Also, you can follow us on Twitter, at Soul Survivor Pod, on Instagram as well, um, at Soul Survivor Pod. We always live tweet the episodes, um, so yeah, be sure to be following us there. We just had Davey uh, Reichenbacher on last night, which was a great, great podcast. We did preview episode three and just talked about the season in general, so it's not exactly outdated, even though we did focus a lot on episode three preview. We did talk about our thoughts on the season in general, so you know, obviously be sure to you know tune into that. That's on our channel as well. It was a great, great interview. We're looking forward to having more guests on soon, but let's get right into it. Brad voted out at tonight's tribal council of course man the ua tribe we said we love the ua tribe we said it was our favorite and the next thing you know they're going back to tribal uh council i mean that was look i it was certainly the episode of brad i mean from start to finish now my thoughts on this is that i was like the entire episode you know i'm watching my friends on the couch and uh, and we're cheering we're like oh my God, this guy is not only an amazing character, like he might have some game to him. He finds the advantage, then he finds the other advantage. He finds two advantages within 10 minutes. Um, it was pretty crazy. And then next thing you know, basically as soon as he, as soon as he, uh, you know, got, got that steal vote in his possession and the idol in his possession is basically when his downfall in the game started. Um, Brad ends up getting voted out after the Uwa tribe loses. I didn't have a good feeling for him, um, given the fact that blue, the blue tribe, the Luvu tribe did not find, uh, that other third of the idol, which again, that's crazy to me. Seven days in already. Um, and they can't still can't find the idol, um, same beach. So interesting there. I'm not really sure. I'm a little bit skeptical how hard those, that, that tribe is playing. I think they may be just riding the wave of winning every challenge right now. Um, but again, we could get into that. Brad voted out tonight. What are your initial thoughts? Yeah, I feel like you, you and me both, we we didn't have a great feeling about Brad as he got a lot of airtime. And I feel like in Survivor, when you get a lot of airtime like this, you're either set to go very far or this is your boot episode. And I, unfortunately for Brad, it was the latter. Um, I just feel like, and, and we'll go into more into it as we go through the episode, but he was doing a lot. He said too much. Um, and it kind of blew up in his face, really. And I, and I just feel like it, it's just sad because I feel like, you know, as big Survivor fans as you and I, I feel like we've unconsciously learned how to read the edits. And I feel like when Brad's getting all this stuff, he's talking a big game, he's doing a lot. And then JD's like, oh, I got caught with my advantage and I'm getting this sad emotional music. And I, I'm talking about how I, I love the show. And, you know, Shan's not going to vote him out there. Like, like, as soon as that happened, I'm like, Brad's going to be gone here. Well, I actually thought I was actually a little bit skeptical that J that JD I thought JD was going to go home at Tribal Council because they were they, they it seems like you know last week they did it with Voce um where you know they're like you know where he had he gave that whole speech 
and then it was him voted out. And a lot of times the players say that Jeff really focuses on you um, with questions um, when they know you're going to get voted out. So when JD was giving his whole story, I was like, wow, like what an amazing close to his story. Like clearly like JD was a fan favorite. He gave that a great speech that was like, you know, I am survivor. I wear the necklace. I have my hair because of Ozzy, because of Malcolm. Like, like that was amazing. So I was like, wow, like what a send off for him. I thought he was going to go home. But going into tribal, I thought Brad was going to be voted out. Now, let's talk a little bit about the decisions that were made throughout the episode. Um, obviously, this is like the anti-Xander last episode because Brad spills all the beans to Shan about you know having these advantages. And Shan and Ricard decide we're going to vote him out of the game and get rid of all those advantages um, that he has no power. He can't vote. He can't use anything. We're going to, we're going to give, we're going to vote him out and get all that out of the game. Whereas the yellow tribe, the Yase tribe, they were like, we're going to keep Xander in the game, knowing that he has all those advantages because he's been loyal to us. So it was almost like the anti Yase, this tribe from the Uwa tribe. Last week, we said it could have been the right move to get rid of Voce because you know where all the advantages lie. What do you think about this? Is it the same thing where you think it was not the right move to vote out Brad, given the fact that he seems so loyal and would know where the advantages are. And JD did have that moment where he got caught you know, hiding something from him. What is your thoughts? Is this the same thing as the Yase tribe last week? Um, and they made a different decision or is it a little bit of a different scenario? What is your thoughts? So I feel like this, in my opinion, it was maybe the right move to get rid of Brad here. I mean, number one, I feel like the question of the episode is going to be for people. Did Shan make the right move? Cause clearly it, Brad, Brad is the reason why Brad went home tonight. Make no mistake. Brad did not have to tell Shan about not only his, um, beware advantage, but also his steal of O. He he went all in on I'm gonna tell Shan everything. And, and we'll get more into Shan as we go through the episode. But he told her way too much. And she even said that one little line in her in her confessional before commercial where she was like, and Brad could be a big threat. I just feel like it makes sense to get rid of Brad here because he's only gonna get more powerful. Like he has a seal of vote which he can use as soon as he gets his vote back which no more but then he also will have an idol once the other two idols are found so now he's going to have these two things in his pocket he will only get more powerful and the fact that he goes guns blazing into this game yeah he's loyal to you now shan but like you saw what happened last week where he goes into his spy shack and she says he's on my side but as soon as he wants to turn against me that crazy energy is going to be directed at my at my attention in my in my uh, in my way. So I feel like it made sense right now to get rid of Brad. Yeah, I think I think it was the right move to get rid of Brad. I think the reason why it was a little bit different than Xander is because Xander, I have faith that he will be loyal to them. Brad, I think, could have flip flopped easily. I think that JD was the more loyal one. So that's where I think it differed in the decisions. I think that in both scenarios, they kept the player that was going to be most most loyal to them. Um, and that's obviously very comforting in Survivor if you're deciding who to vote out and who to not. So I think that the advantages obviously played a role that they wanted to get rid of the advantages. It's just the person holding the advantage in the Yase case last week, you were able to trust him more with the, with those advantages than you were um, Brad, who's holding those two, two advantages and looks like he has big move-itis and just wants to make a big move. Yeah, no, and, and trust is a big component here. I really think the reason why Shan made this decision along with Ricard is because they think JD now that he got caught, like Shan said, you didn't come clean. You got caught uh, right-handed. So they know that, that he will be loyal to them because Shan knows like, look, I have your fate in my hands now. Like you didn't come clean to us and you were withholding information. So I have your fate in my hands. 
And I think, and JD knows that. And I think he will stay loyal to them, or at least Shannon Ricard perceived he'll be loyal. I I feel like it's almost in a way it's kind of like with Jeremy and Steven, where the minute that Jeremy saved Steven, Steven has gone on record saying he would have never turned on Jeremy after that point because he saved his life in the game. I feel like JD knows if Shannon Ricard wanted me gone because Jeannie was already voting his way. Brad had no vote. So all it took is both of them just to vote him out and he was gone. So I think he's going to stay loyal. So that's why I feel like it was a good choice. Ultimately, what may have swayed the decision was the decision of JD to give the, give the extra vote to Shan. We don't, we don't, we will never know that at least for right now. Um, But what I do want to say is that a lot of the talk tonight, and I've seen it on Twitter, you know, I, I was live tweeting from our account during the, during the episode for, for future reference. I always do that. So, you know, follow us at soul survivor pod, follow our live tweets throughout the episode. But, um, the thing is, is that a lot of people on Twitter are talking about, I don't know, there's so many advantages. There's, you know, so much focus on advantages, a lot of stuff floating around. Um, and a lot of people say, well, Brad found the two advantages, but he went home. So, you so some people, I guess, in turn are saying Brad is like a victim of the new game, Survivor, the new era, Survivor 41. But I'm going to disagree with that because the reason why Brad went home tonight is simply because a bait he he didn't do something that could go traced all the way could trace all the way back to the earliest seasons, and that's just simply um, not giving away too much information. And that's exactly what he did. Like he he told him telling Sham uh, Shan. Uh, about all these advantages was what sunk his game. It's it's basic survivor. You don't have to tell anyone about advantages. And I think that his fate could have been different tonight had he just kept everything quiet and seemed just kind of like an innocent soul rather than somebody who is, you know, has all the advantages and wants to tell everyone. I think that is what sunk Brad's game. It's it's a basic thing. So you could, you know, blame new school survivor, the new era of survivor, uh, remove the one, uh, I mean, remove the four, take the one. There you go. Um, you, you could you could blame you could blame the new the new school the new new school survivor um, for Brad going home. But ultimately, what cost Brad the game tonight was just simply telling too much information, and that's as simple. It's as simple as that, in my opinion. I just feel like, and we we can get more into this if you want, or because people are going to be um, uh, both ways into this. It is a lot about the advantages, and I feel like. We, you know, we were talking before the show and we were saying how, you know, the show's an hour, but technically without commercials, it's 45 minutes. And the first like 20 minutes or so, or first 15 minutes were all about advantages. So like, it was just very advantage heavy. It, it almost felt, felt like the show was saying, okay, we're going to back away from fire tokens, but we're going to double down and go in on all these different advantages. They all have the same name of beware advantage. So it's just a little bit weird. Um, and then you had like 10 minutes for the challenge or eight minutes for the challenge. So you only have a short portion for strategizing and tribal so i just feel like um it was a lot on the advantages and, and people were saying on twitter dylan even former players like chrissy were saying we would love to just have some of the rules on the screen for a little bit or maybe a, like a link to a website where we can just get a summary of the rules because that would just be make it more helpful like a lot of people were asking on twitter what happens to xander's vote and i think we can clarify on the show tonight dylan that xander cannot vote until the merge now right yeah, I do. Somebody asked this in the chat, and I'm going to bring it up uh, right now. Um, where do we have this? Okay. Um, so we have uh, Ohio State for the win says, now that Brad is gone, does Xander have no chance of getting the idol activated and getting a vote until the merge if he makes it there? So, yeah, that's what kind of what we want to talk about right now. I think that's what we should talk about. Um. 
Now, where Survivor did go wrong, in my opinion, with this with the other beware advantage with the idols, is now it kind of blew up in their face. Is the fact that they kept the tribe small. It was going to be very hard for all these players to survive. And now it looks like, from what we know, from the rules that we know, it looks like that Xander cannot vote until the merge now that that part of the idol is flushed out of the game. I'm curious if this, I'm sure this is going to be clarified next episode. I'm sure Xander will have a confessional being like, I don't know what to do. I can't vote. Uh, I think this is very likely. I think that he cannot vote now until there's either a swap or a merge, which is pretty crazy. I mean, like, I don't think Survivor anticipated that this was going to be the case. Um, and it is the case. Unfortunately, Brad goes home with that part of the idol. And now it looks like that uh, since three parts of the idol cannot be um, cannot be played, I should say, um, or activated as they use, it looks like that. Xander cannot vote until emerge, which obviously is absolutely huge. And That's it really brutal. screwed him over for finding a advantage. Yeah. Um, I have a feeling if I had to make my prediction right now, we're going to get a, like a spliced in confessional where they're going to bring the tribes in for the challenge. Come in, Luvu, come in, uh, uh, Yase, get a look at your first look at the Ua tribe, Brad voted out and you're going to see Xander like shake his head. And I have a feeling they're going to splice in a confessional where they say, Okay, I, I can't do my Xander impression, but he's like, <laughs> hey, so, so now now I can't vote because Brad is out of the game. So I have no vote until the merge now. I think he's going to confirm it that way because Xander never said that part of the rule. The only reason why we on Twitter know about that is because somebody zoomed into the notes from last week where at, at the very bottom it said, if a player leaves with an idol, then your vote is gone until the merge. So I have a feeling they're going to confirm it in a confessional maybe next week. And again, we don't know. They're already on day seven, which is, I think, pretty shocking. It's only a twenty-six day game. We found out tonight that they're on day that they're on day seven. When we come back next episode, it's going to be morning eight. So in that case, that tells me, all right, maybe that they're maybe they're going to merge a little bit earlier than we expect. Maybe they kind of form into two tribes. Then Xander gets his vote back. Maybe. They give maybe because this kind of blew up in their face, they give Xander some sort of opportunity to get his vote back that we are unaware of. Um, we'll see what happens with that. I think right now the beware advantage kind of just blew up in Survivor's face, and I think that we'll see what happens with that. But I think Xander did for sure got screwed. Um, and it is very unfortunate for him because he seems like a very good player. Yeah. Before we go through the episode, I wanted to ask you one last question about tribal council or like the end of the episode. So we've been through now four tribal councils because we've lost um um abraham uh sarah voce and uh brad now nobody yet has used their shot in the dark we have um we have uh 14 players left and they all have a shot in the dark we were talking to davy last night actually about this if you haven't seen that podcast we think from what we know from the limited information from the show that every player gets one shot in the dark we don't think it's going to get replenished at the merge we think you get one shot in the dark that's it. It becomes a one out of six chance, or let's just say you get to the merge. Maybe then it becomes like a one in 11 chance. If you make it to the merge, maybe with all those people, but we, I, I'm just curious though, because J, uh, JD never said in confessional nor Brad, I think I might be in danger tonight. I'll use my shot in the dark. Now, Brad probably thought he wasn't going to go home, which is why he didn't think to play his shot in the dark. Cause he already has two advantages in his pockets. JD knows he messed up and he didn't even well, mention I might well, play Brad, it. Brad, Brad didn't have a vote, so he couldn't use his shot in the dark. Oh, oh wow. So, okay. So let me ask you a quick question before we keep going down this rabbit hole. Do you think that it's fair? Because I, I think it's fair. I think it's fine. But like some people online are saying like these are different types of advantages. So just because Brad lost his vote doesn't mean he shouldn't be able to use his seal of vote or he shouldn't be able to. Well, actually, no. 
you can't use your shot in the dark because shot in the dark requires you to risk your vote. So those two are tied together. Some people were saying, I don't know why he can't use the steal of votes just to take someone else's. But I think I think it's just all connected though, because it's all ties to voting. Yeah, I I, th- I guess it's all connected. Um, obviously, this is something that they would have you know planned out and thought of while they were making all these advantages. I think that's just why everything is so risky. But I don't think that since this is the first season we're seeing this, I don't think players are thinking about you know playing risk averse. Whereas in in future in in earlier seasons, you're obviously taking every advantage. Now it's like, well, possibly my vote could be on the line. Like if they had known that going in, then I think it's a you know we we already see some people when they have the choice that they are protecting their vote. And just saying, all right, I don't care if I have nothing. Uh, it, at least I could vote. Like, like I think it, it really is a. It really, I, I'm, I'm, I am very. I have to say, I'm impressed with the players who kind of have have like you know after you know these guys have been waiting so long to go out on the island. They've been waiting like a year to go out because of COVID and everything to go out there, have an opportunity to get an advantage, and then like hold yourself back like Tiffany and Sydney did is pretty like impressive. And I'm I'm impressed with their discipline in terms of that. So I do have to give them credit there. Um, but I obviously penalizes the players who are, you know, trying to go big. So I'm curious to see what happens in future seasons, if this is something that stays and how players adapt to it. Because I think that, you know, taking a beware advantage is not a given anymore for sure after this yeah. season. No, I think that the, the the moral of the story here is what, what Jeff said before the season is true, that these people, whether they're good or bad players, they all came to play. And, and that's what we want. We want people who came to play. We don't want people who are going to just let the game pass them by and play a very passive game now granted passive doesn't mean that you're not being social obviously having a great social game is part of survivor it's not all about advantages and and idols but we're happy that people are are coming here to play and play hard physically socially strategically so i'm glad to see that but that does mean dylan that we are seeing people like shan and like evie and liana who are playing smart games and hard games and then people who are playing smart but bad games like brad clearly and then zender was a little sloppy last episode so i'm curious to see how this is going to play out my only other question before we go through the episode was um so i feel like they show shan and ricard are very close like they seem to be each other's final two they're very very close shan's close with everybody i think the jd shan bond is way deeper than what we're seeing on the show because the fact that JD didn't even say like, Oh, I might play my shot in the dark. Like I gave Shan my advantage to hold on to. I would have thought like he would have even considered his shot in the dark. And the fact that he didn't say that makes me think that Shan let him know, like you're, you're fine. Yeah. JD's kind of getting the edit of the cat with nine lives this season where I think his name's going to be on the block a lot, but he's going to be a fan favorite. I'm sure, you know, he'll mm-hmm. probably do decently in the game. Uh, and yeah, I do agree with that, that they're definitely closer. Um, yeah. but let's go through the episode cause I don't want to waste too much time before we do that. So st- episode starts off Yase tribe, yellow tribe. We have Liana who's upset because, you know, she thinks basically that it was a bad move not to get Xander out of the game, which I think is very interesting. It's basically saying she disagreed with Evie. I think this was, or, or and, Tiffany. Or, or, yeah. Or yeah. Or, or, or Tiffany, but, um, Tiffany obviously finds the bit where advantage ends up going to, uh, to the Island where she, Basically, well, first of all, she told everyone that she found a beware advantage, and then she went there and ends up, you know, saving her vote. Um, looked like her and Sydney kind of had like a face-off almost, where they didn't really trust each other at all. Which we'll see if that comes back to haunt either one later in the game. Um, what I, I just want to kind of mention, and, and this will probably be the only time we really talk about the Yellow Tribe in this episode. Um, I just want to talk about Liana, which I thought it was very curious that she got that edit today. Um, I think that this is possibly foreshadowing her wanting to either her making a big move either later in the game or her turning on Evie soon. So I don't know what's going to happen with that, but I thought it was curious that they included that aspect in this episode. 
yeah i feel like they you're right you're right they, they easily could have just showed them waking up not not waking up they, they could have showed tiffany or liana missing that advantage at night and then tiffany finding it so the fact that they, they slid in that confessional i think is telling me that because she says you know it could have been a million dollar mistake like liana wants to come and play this game hard and i have a feeling that because she let this move go by her like she she conceded oh i just hit my mic um <laughs> she just conceded to tiffany like tiffany said i want to go after voce and liana said no i, I think xander is the right move because he has his beware advantage and then evie i think helped make the decision but tiffany was saying no i want voce gone because i don't want me to get knocked out of the game because of xander's idol um and liana i think conceded to tiffany and i think because liana's a a a, a player at heart i think she regrets that and she wishes she had more agency to say no i want this to be my move and happen the way i want it to happen so i think you're right though whether it's taking out evie or whether it's taking out tiffany or whoever i think there's going to come a time in the game where liana's going to make a decision and she's going to fight for what she wants to happen so this doesn't happen again probably yeah, I I do agree. I think it I think it is foreshadowing. I, I'm very high on Liana going forward, especially after that. Um, and what we talked about yesterday on the Davy podcast. Um, but now we have Ua. So uh, Brad finds the beware advantage for them. By the way, I don't like that they keep calling everything a beware advantage. But anyway, we we, get, it's, we talk, it's it's way too confusing. We we get we could talk about that another time. Um, he finds uh, that beware advantage where he has to go on the boat. Um, Luvu, you have Sydney who finds it. Little weird thing happening with uh, Luvu here at the beginning of this episode, where we oh. have you know Sydney telling Danny and Erica that Nasir came to her last night and wants to vote Danny. He wants to target Deshaun. Um, now everyone's on the beach except for Nasir. Definitely not a good look for Nasir, who by the way now thinks Sydney is completely playing the middle. And by the way, we talked about this yesterday in the podcast. Is that to me? It's very clear that Sydney has been playing the middle. She's telling everybody everything. I think. This could be end up being a recipe for disaster for her. Um, luckily, she does have her vote. She she was smart enough to do that to protect her vote because if she didn't have a vote, I think it would be a no brainer for her to go home next if that tribe loses. Fortunately for them, that it looks like that tribe is never going to lose a challenge. But uh, but um, anyway, yeah, I think Sydney is Sydney is a very curious. I, I think I'm curious to see what happens with Sydney in this game because I think that she she could be anywhere from like an Angelina where she just like chaos the entire time or she could be somebody who goes out as soon as next episode i really i don't really know what to think about that yeah no i think sydney is a great character uh, i don't think she's a great she's a really strong player yet um i mean same thing with brad but we're, we're gonna get a lot more into brad as the episode goes on but, but brad is also an amazing character i would say probably brad at this point maybe this is recency bias brad is like a top 10 pre-merge character brad is amazing tv he's not that great of a player though um no but sydney i feel like is you're right she's playing the middle she's playing kind of sloppy and not only are some people in the game like nasir not liking her and we saw from the del deleted scene heather doesn't like her um people on twitter are not happy with sydney either and how they're playing so i feel like you're i feel like whenever a swap happens or maybe as soon as next episode sydney could be in some real danger we saw in the next time on survivor erica finally got a confessional and she was kind of hinting at like sydney is um like playing a dangerous game so we'll see what happens with her um before we get to that decision at the uh nighttime island i have to just point out jd doing the woo impression had me dying as soon as like he was doing the voice, I knew he was doing a woo impression because he was quoting like the, the ninja stealth mode when he stole Spencer's um, pants with the idol in it. 
So that was just so funny to see uh, JD, JD doing those impressions. Yeah, see, J- I love JD so much. It, it, tonight was so hard because I love I love Brad. I love JD. I almost want. I think I almost wanted to see JD get voted out, or I should say, wanted wanted Brad to be the one that stayed. I should say because I did not want JD voted getting voted out, but I didn't want Brad vote, getting voted out just simply because now it's two advantages that are flushed out of the game, which end up may end up being good in the long term. Uh, but I, I thought Brad was just an amazing character and so chaotic, and I also wanted to see Shan add her name as to you pointed out the Denise Sandra category where she just becomes an instant villain. No shame in voting JD off while taking advantage, but honestly, probably way too early for that. Probably good for Shan that she did not do that. Uh, that. That was just me looking for entertainment, wanting that to happen. Um, but yeah, I absolutely love JD. Uh, guy's awesome. Guy gets saved again tonight. Clearly he's doing something right socially. I think if he, I think he's almost getting the edit. He's almost like getting some sort of a Dean edit almost where it's like, he's a little goofy early on, like, but like, we'll see what happens later. Like maybe he has a strong later game. We'll see what happens with that. Um, but let's get right to the decision at this at this version of the summit um, where they all go. Um, Brad ends up getting the steal vote, the other two protect. I don't really think that I have too much to talk about here because Brad made the right move. He just didn't execute it correctly. Um, and I think the others also made the right move. Tiffany's on a very small tribe. She needs her vote. Sydney looks like she could be in danger, needs her vote. So I, I think everyone kind of made the right decision. It's just Brad didn't execute that decision correctly and ends up going home tonight. The thing that I found interesting was that unlike Shipwheel Island or whatever the Summit Island is called, I found it interesting that they all made their their well they made their decision in private, but they got to talk about their decision before they made it. So what happened was um, when Xander and uh, Danny and JD went to the summit the first episode in the premiere. They they didn't know the ship wheel was there really, but basically they made the decision on their own without consulting one another. Now Evie and Deshaun, Evie did say to Deshaun, like, you know, I'm going to um, you know, I'm going to not I'm gonna protect my vote so you can have the uh steal a vote or the extra vote or whatever, whatever he has at this point. Um now the interesting thing was that at this nighttime island, instead of them right away going to make their choice in private, they got to chat about it first, which I thought was interesting. Um, and like you said earlier, uh, clearly this is setting up some type of uh, Tiffany Sydney beef later in the game, possibly because they do not like each other at all. Clearly, um, I do think Brad made a smart move to try to. Um, I mean, I, I guess it was the right move to to like you know go for the advantage instead of the tarp and i think tiff um what's her name tiffany and city try to play it safe but you're right what happened when he came back was the complete wrong thing to do yeah i mean he runs right to shan and we already mentioned this which was obviously the wrong move i still think and uh i think this is what uh this is what uh, lightning blitz here is bringing up uh even though brad doesn't lose his vote or or i think he's saying like even even if brad doesn't lose his vote the vote is probably still 3-2 and he probably still goes home. I think that could be true. Like, even if he doesn't tell Shan anything, I think it's possible he still goes home just on alliances alone. But JD did have that screw up, so maybe it could have been shifted back to him. Regardless, he definitely screwed up by telling Shan. Yeah, two uh, two quick things. One, I want to say that after the season, or maybe even later this season, I want to hear interviews with Shan and with Ricard to hear their thoughts on Brad because I want to know, like, if shan voted out brad because like i I wonder if we've been seeing the seeds planted this whole time like last episode we see him go crazy with his mini spy shack he runs and tells shan right away and shan's like i'm happy he's telling me information 
but he can easily do the same thing to me. I need to keep my eye on him. Now he tells her he has not one but two advantages. I'm wondering if, like, we hear from post-game interviews that Shan might say that she was always considering Brad, but she never really wanted to act on it until he told her about his two things, and she was like, that was the straw that broke the camel's back. He's too powerful. He has to go. So I'll be curious to see how that goes. But back to Shan for a second. I mean, we, we were so high on Shan. We were texting back and forth. Shan is so well positioned. I put, I said this on Twitter. Um, if you follow me you know, at Winfy whip down there, but um, <laughs> I cannot believe, and granted this is Shan's credit. Cause Shan is an amazing player so far. These people Dylan are falling all over themselves to tell her about their advantages, to tell her about their spying habits, to give her advantages to hold on to as a sign of trust. And then she says to them, like, joking, but in a serious way, okay, you're grounded. You, you won't get this back until after travel. Like, she is holding all of their fates in her hand. And I can, and, and again, credit to her social game. She's really good. I cannot believe these people are just willing to tell and give her anything, everything. It's- it, she's doing a phenomenal, phenomenal job right now um, on every single level. Like it's, uh, it's, it, it is Im- extremely impressive to see how, how Shan's doing. Um, she's doing really, really well. I'm wondering, of course, you have to wonder if it, is it too much too soon? Like that is, uh, that's, that's the big worry here for Shan is like, is it too much too soon? Um, is she going to be too big of a threat? And I think it's very possible that she is come merge time. It's like everyone sees her as this person that everyone's going to. That's what I'm big, really worried about. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm also curious, I'm also trying to see like, is Shan intentionally trying to play this hard or is she, I'm trying to see if, is she intentionally trying to play this hard or is she just that good socially where it's just coming off that way? Um, so anyway, I think, you know, Shan, very good spot right now. Obviously I want to talk about the immunity challenge. Let's get right to that. The immunity challenge was great, by the way, I thought it was extremely extremely um just in every phase was like perfect i i thought that the 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 ropes to get over was very tough i thought that landing it on the on the uh, planks was very tough the beanbags i thought it was pretty hilarious watching jd try to do like the the layup the the finger roll into the thing uh and let's talk quickly before we you know i mean not much to touch on the on the actual challenge I want to know, like, like this was hilarious. Obviously, Xander plays this off perfectly again. Um, Xander plays off the butterfly dead relatives thing. Amazing. Brad, <laughs> Brad completely botched it. it was oh, he, he, he really botched that. And, um, you know, another reason why I'm so disappointed that Brad goes home is because Brad and Xander, if you caught it, I'm sure you caught it. I don't know if anyone on the stream caught it. They had an awesome moment where they were the only two standing on the platform and they look at, and then Xander looks at him and was like, I love what you said about broccoli. That was amazing. And I think that like survivor won that so bad. And they just ended up getting screwed by keeping these small tries and making it so hard for Brad to stay in the game. I think if there was 20 people on a season and there were two tribes of 10 and they did the same advantage, I think it could have worked well, but because there was nowhere to hide, I think it ends up screwing them over because it's three parts. Yeah, I mean, I I mean, this was a clear flashback in my mind to Heroes versus Villains, where you have a challenge in the water and it, it's like it's like played in heats in a way, and um you have Russell and Colby at the end there, and then they're doing the challenge, and Colby turns to Russell and says, Hey Russell, are you on the outs with the girls? And he's like, Yeah, I'm going home tonight. And then Colby says, All right, go to uh, go to JT 
after the challenge, he'll give you he'll give you an idol to help you out. Like that gave me such flashbacks of two people that are last on their their perch in the water talking strategy. So I, I did love to see that. And yeah, like everyone was saying on Twitter, this was the Angelina memorial challenge where she's uh, balancing with the ropes and trying to right. get get her life together. But uh, no, no, it was cool to see. Um, and yeah, so now I guess Dylan, we're never going to hear somebody say, um, like a goat on AstroTurf. We're, I'm, I would be so curious to see how somebody worked that in and now we're never going to see it. Yeah. Again, I'm curious to see if survivor kind of corrects their mistake and like give Xander an opportunity to mob to maybe get his vote back. But yeah, we're never going to get to see the, uh, see all these phrases come true once this is the end of the phrases as far as we know it, which is a big problem. Um, I, I shouldn't say a big problem, which is a big disappointment. It was like, this is so funny. And now it's like probably the end of it until maybe the merge happens and maybe something similar happens. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I think this was a good experiment by survivor. I don't exactly think it went through as planned, but, uh, I think that it could be good for future seasons, depending on the circumstances. Yeah. I mean, I don't think they're going to backtrack. I, I think that if they have it officially on the parchment that Xander, cannot vote until the merge if if an idol gets knocked out of the game i think they're going to hold through to, through to that um i thought it was here's the thing i thought it was an interesting idea i do think it got kind of silly at times although what i will say is that i think i think the best way for us to embrace this new era if we're going to embrace it is to embrace the silliness like they're trying a lot of new things they're, they're trying to make sure that the show feels new and fresh while also keeping some of the traditions of the old I mean, clearly, again, like everything now, it happens to be called a beware advantage and there are silly phrases. So even though as uh, you and I are big fans and we've seen all the seasons of the show and we, and we really like, you know, some of the more tra traditional aspects, I feel like the best thing we can do is try to embrace the craziness. But, you know, I'm kind of a little sad that I'm not going to hear Jeannie, no, I guess not Jeannie, uh, hear Nasir or Sydney or Heather say, goat on AstroTurf um, at the next one. I mean, can you imagine if like Nasir had to say that? Like everyone would have been like, nah, there's something up. Like that would have been hilarious. Um, so it's unfortunate, but we'll see if secret phrases come back later in that later in the season in another way. I don't know what would happen there. Uh, but we'll have to see. Maybe they say maybe two people find two different parts of an idol while the, at the merge and they say you have to still still yell a phrase at the at the uh, at the challenge out loud. So we'll see what happens. I think that the phrases could possibly come back either on another season or later this season. So we'll have to see what happens with that. Um, obviously green, the green tribe, the Uwa tribe goes to tribal council. Everything that we spoke about at the beginning happens. Now, one player that we didn't talk about from the Uwa tribe that I want to mention here is Jeannie. Jeannie gets left out of this vote. She votes for JD. Obviously that wasn't Brad because he didn't have his vote. So Jeannie's clearly left out of the vote. She's clearly on the bottom of this tribe. Um, and honestly, I had myself thinking for a little bit and I was like, well, why aren't they just getting rid of Jeannie? Like she's the one sitting out of challenges. Um, like, why didn't they just get rid of her? She seemed like the easy vote. I think Jeannie is doing very, very well socially, clearly, and we're just not seeing it. She seems like she'd be a very likable person. She's yelling at the challenges for her team. Um, so I'm kind of curious to see where this goes with Jeannie, but I do feel bad for her. She's being left out of every vote. She clearly has no idea what's going on within the tribe, and now it's three versus one. So she better hope that the Uwa tribe <laughs> does not go back to tribal council. No, I think Jeannie is well-liked. I think she comes off as very, uh, very personable, uh, uh, very funny. I mean, all the young people were laughing at the start of the episode while Brad was sitting around a camp getting work done. So Jeannie clearly um, is a fun person to be around. So I think if they, I, I would say even if they lose again, I don't know. I don't think, I don't think they're going to lose again, honestly, but if they do, she could go. But I also think that she could potentially stay around if uh, Shannon Ricard either 
want to get rid of JD or maybe take a shot at each other. I don't know. Um, I do want to say with the Uwa tribe, though, the biggest thing that we haven't talked about yet is um, I could be, I mean, we talked about, you know, JD giving his advantage to Sham, which we had to discuss. Like he says, if that was a great move or if it was a really bad move. Um, I just, Dylan, I just cannot believe, and I, I know we've done 40 seasons of this. I cannot believe this man had the advantage sticking out of his pants. Like, like we have had times where people have the idol or something in their bag and someone goes through it and finds it. We've had times where people have it in their pocket and they say, they see a bulge and they go, okay, that's the idol. I know that you're deprived of food and I know that it's very hard out there. I cannot fathom how the advantage is just sticking out of his pants. Could, could you imagine if you found an idol and then just wore it on your neck and you walked back into camp and someone's like, hey, nice jewelry. And you're like, oh, oh. And especially JD is such a huge fan of the show. It, it had to just been like a like a brain fart. Like he like he probably like I don't know what happened. Maybe like fell out of his pocket while he was going to the bathroom and then like he just put it in his pants and it was sticking out and he just wasn't thinking. He was also wearing like jean shorts also where there's so many pockets. He could have just thrown it in a pocket and no one would ever know. No one's going through his pockets. Like while they're while the pant while he's wearing the pants. I mean, th- that was wild. I was like, how could you possibly have that advantage sticking right out of your pants like that? It was very shocking that such a huge fan would have that. Um again, but I think JD is, and rightfully so at this point, kind of getting that goofy edit. Like he doesn't like you know, like he's almost like all over the place. But I, I do again, once again, love JD. Um and think he's probably key to that three person alliance Dude. at the moment. Did you find it interesting that Ricard and it, maybe this speaks to the fact that Ricard and Shan, and even though we're only eight days in or seven days in, and we need to see more of these players, they clearly have the makings of great players. I hope they both make it far because I think they have the potential. But we see that they these these two, Ricard and Shan, have come to play and they have the makings of good players. I was surprised they flipped this around on him so fast. Like usually when someone gets caught like this, when um like when Jay finds the idol and Michaela's like, hey, hey, what do you have there? Um, they they make they make it out to be like okay, we we got caught, but we're gonna use it together. Now, granted, they they vote her out because of it, but um, they they make they make a case of okay, we're gonna use this together. Other times in earlier seasons, like you know when people find idols and they get caught, people say okay, but we're gonna use it together. Right away, Shannon and Carter like you broke our trust. Like y- you didn't tell us, and and, J- and JD's like no, I trust you guys, but I can't tell you everything there you have to keep some secrets in the game but i was never gonna like use it against you i just i didn't want to just say it. and they're like yeah but you didn't tell us and they they made him feel so guilty so fast and he was like i have to make it feel right so they they clearly wanted to say to him like you have to be very open with us about everything you have in this game so i think this was the right move because not only does shan get the extra vote out of it obviously but i think it kind of forces a player who at least Ricard we know sees as like a big threat kind of could, you know, go and do whatever he wants. Now, you know, you have him in their, in your back pocket, at least until the merge. So I think that they, they kind of secured that. Um, whereas I think kind of, if like he got away with it, um, he maybe would have been pressured to just use it and get rid of it, or maybe even use it against them to get them out. Maybe he would have like, could have jumped ship and just like got them out of the game since they were the ones who discovered it. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I feel like them like strong arming him and kind of like, no, you have to stay with us. I kind of feel like it like forced him to be like feel guilty and then like in turn be like indebted to them at least for the time being, probably until the merge. I'm curious to see what happens with that though, because like 
clearly JD is the third person in that alliance. And JD is the per- is the type of guy who once they hit the merge, he's not going to accept being the third person in a three-person yeah. alliance. So I'm curious to see how that goes for them. Yeah, no, I think this actually was a really great lesson, not just not just for Survivor and for future players, Dylan, but I think also in life. When you go to Tribal Council and they're talking about the relationship crystals and how um, everyone talks about, you know, idols and advantages and like, but Survivor is, when you, when you think about Borneo and you think about early seasons, it's about the relationships that you build. And it's like Shan said, when you have that relational crystal or that, that, that relationship stock, like when you break it, it's so hard to rebuild. Like I actually learned Dylan in one of my uh, college classes. I, th- I think it was like one of my psychology classes, maybe like relationship psychology or something like that. Trust is almost like a multiplicative equation where you can have uh, trust, you can have the like, jokes, you can have memories, you can have um, activities, but it's multiplicative because you multiply them all together. If trust is at zero, nothing else matters. If you don't have trust, you don't, ha- you don't have anything. So that's why in the game of survivor trust is like so hard to come by. And when you can find it, that's why it's, it's the most valuable thing in the game. Like people say all the time, would you rather have an ally that you know for a fact will never turn against you? Or would you rather have an idol? I think nine out of 10 times people would say having that extra person to just bounce ideas off of and have the ultimate trust in them. Yeah. I, th- I thought that the crystals, that was a great, great kind of metaphor there. Um, that used by JD, especially, you know, this was like the perfect episode and everything for that. Uh, great lesson in life for sure. Um, I, I want to talk quickly about, um, you know, the Uwa tribe and maybe some comparisons that I've been seeing. I see a lot of people that have kind of been comparing JD to like a Cochrane, whereas like in Cochrane's first season, South Pacific, he was like the guy, like the, the crazy super fan who like, like played hard, ends up, you know, getting, you know, getting voted out kind of for playing too hard. Um, and then, you know, comes back, learns all those lessons later. Obviously, we don't know if JD will ever come back or how far he'll go, but I do see some parallels there. And I also feel like Shan is playing like almost like a Sophie game in Winners at War, where she seems to be in socially with every single person. And again, we saw in Winners at War, it came back to bite Sophie in the end, where they kind of note where Tony noticed that he's like, Sophie's a huge threat in this game. She's friends with everybody. She needs to go. We'll see that happens with Shan, but I think that that's kind of what my mind goes to in terms of shan right now do you agree with that i would say yeah i i, I can see it i i almost would want to hearken it back to like sophie and sarah from last season because tony was you're right tony was the one who noticed that sophie's doing a lot and he engineers a great blind side of her but we had no indication if sarah and sophie would ever turn on each other they're both great strong female players we never saw what would happen if they turned on each other. I want to just mention that with like Ricard and Shan, because I think you're right. Shan is a great player. Shan is the front runner. And I think Ricard is smart enough to pick up on that. So I will be curious. I think um, Ohio State uh, for the win said it like uh, earlier in our question thread, but I, they were talking about how um, they could see Ricard and Shan going to the end together. I, I feel like they could go to the end together, or I could see a scenario for sure where like around final nine, final eight, Ricard and Shannon want to start taking shots at each other. So I could see it happening. Yeah, I do agree. I think it's a good alliance for now. I think in a game that's moved this quickly, I think it, it could easily, um, it could easily change. And they're kind of portraying Ricard as that like sneaky type of guy that like, you know, he's doing something big at some point. It's going to happen. Um, we don't know when it's going to happen, but they're kind of setting him up in that role. I feel like. Ricard is the, um, Ricard is, is he, is he the flight attendant? Yes. 
Okay. Yeah. I mean, and I, I don't want to make like, like the, the Todd Herzog comparison because you, you, you know, you know, they're, they're, they're both uh, flight attendants, but you know, <laughs> I, I do get some of those Todd vibes from, um, from Ricard. And I'm not saying that that means Shan is the Amanda Kimmel, but <laughs> I, I do think that, you know, Ricard, I could see him getting that Todd edit where he's very smart Maybe some people like John, like a John Robert may pick up on it, and then Ricard wants to take that person out because you know they start to get too smart for their own good. So I'll be really curious to see uh, more of Ricard. I think, and listen, I want Shan to win at this point. I know we're only three episodes in. I'm rooting for Shan. I hope she wins. I think she's getting a great edit. I think it can happen. I could easily see her, you know, getting blindsided, you know, later in the game, and we're all like, oh no, who's the new front runner? Maybe it's Ricard. But I feel like you know he's one to watch out for as well. Yeah, I completely agree. And now will be the time everyone could drop in their questions in the comments. We'll answer anything. Yeah. Um, any other players? Now, while we're waiting for questions to, be, to come in from the live viewers right now, um, any other players um, from tonight that we didn't talk about that you wanted to touch on? So we talked a lot about Ua. And then on Yase, there really wasn't that much because we only really saw Liana's confessional and Tiffany finding the idol. We didn't see anything else about Yase at all, which was interesting and great because we've seen a lot of Yase over the last few weeks. So it was good to see more of Ua and a little bit more of Luvu, but not much. I guess the person we haven't talked about is, I guess, Deshaun, because um, it sounded like it sounded like the chain of events. Oh, by the way, uh, before we get to that, did you like how they utilize the flashbacks? They utilize flashbacks oh. twice in this episode. I, I absolutely loved it. I thought it was perfect for for uh, that circumstance with uh, with Luvu. That was that was absolutely phenomenal. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. Yeah, no, I, I, I like the I, I like the use of flashbacks. They've been trying it more lately. I think there was one time. I think the very first time they did it, they kind of did it like tonight, where Brad's like, "Oh, by the way, I found the idol," and you see, whoa. Like, you know, 30 minutes ago, Brad and Jeannie found it together. Jeannie is Brad's, like, you know, closest ally. And I think they, they did that. I cannot remember for the life of me, Dylan, what season did that, where they actually showed the idol being found for the first time in a flashback. But I thought it was very cool. Um, but I guess to get back to Luvu, I guess the chain of events was, like, the night before, Nasir comes to Sydney and says to Sydney, I want to target Danny. And then um, then he says, I, I think he, then he says, then Deshaun will be like next or, or or like we can use Deshaun to our advantage or whatever he said about Deshaun. Then the next morning, Sydney goes and runs and tells Danny and Erica and then Heather's there as well. And then I think in confessional, Deshaun was like, I can't remember. Was he saying that he like couldn't trust Sydney because Sydney was playing too hard? Or was he saying like, I got to take Deshaun out because Deshaun, and I'm sorry, I need to take out Nasir because Nasir is throwing my name out. Yeah, I, I don't really know. Um, I don't I don't exactly remember what he said. Um, and I think the preview, we, we have a question here about Luvu in the preview. It yeah, says, yeah. do you think, so Ohio State for the win says, do you think Luvu will throw a challenge like maybe hinted at in the preview for next week's episode? Personally, I think that if something that big was going to actually happen, they, they probably wouldn't show a preview for it. So I, I think I think that maybe there'll be talk of it. And they showed Sydney was kind of getting on everyone ner everyone's nerves, a little emotional. So maybe they're like, "Oh, well, we could just get Sydney out right now." Um, I personally don't think they'll throw a challenge. Personally, I just ca I can't see it with with the competitors on that team and the way that they're competing. I can't see Nasir wanting to do that. Can't definitely can't see Danny wanting to do that. Doesn't seem like Heather would want to do that. So I, I don't think they're going to end up doing it. I think there will, will be talk of it. Um, my guess is that they're just going to end up winning because they're just too overpowered. <laughs> I was going to say, I already have my prediction. Not not to tie this back into the Kagiyan parallels, because there's, there's still been a lot of Kagiyan similarities. 
I could easily see this because I'm pretty sure in Kagiyan there was a next time on preview where Sarah and Wu were talking about throwing the challenge and everyone was like, oh my God, they're going to throw the challenge. And then you see that they tried their best to throw it and the <laughs> brains tribe was so bad. They still won anyway. I mean, Cliff won it for them, but they, Sarah and Wu tried to throw it and, and the brains were just so horrible that they they won anyway. I could see Dylan, my prediction, I'm, I'm going to mark it down in stone and I'll see if people agree. I'm going to predict that some people on Luvu, whether it's Sydney, whether it's Deshaun, I can see people trying to throw it and then someone like Nasir coming through and winning it for them. And Yase, I'm going to make a prediction, will be Yase will be so bad that Luvu will try their best to throw it and they still will win anyway. I think that's a, that's a decent possibility. Now, we had a question about Evie as well. Um, uh, do you guys think Evie is playing too hard and too strategic too early? Um, this kind of goes back to Yase Tribe. I think it's possible. Um, I'm curious. I'm curious what will happen if if your scenario happens. Yase does awful in the challenge and goes back to Tribal Council. I think Tiffany's going to be the one going home. It, it has yeah. to be in my opinion because probably would be so. because of her that uh that that uh that they lose a challenge. Now, in terms of Evie playing too hard and too strategic too early, I mentioned this as a possibility that it, that this could be happening. Um, but I think that she'll be fine until the merge, probably. I think I just I think I just realized something. Um, so yeah, I to answer Ohio State's question, um, I do think Evie, I think Evie's playing smart and I think she's playing strategic. Um, I feel like this is an interesting question because I feel like what I've learned over the last few years with Survivor and Big Brother is it's always good to play hard. You should always play hard, but the question is, do you tip into sloppy? Like you can play hard and play well. So when people say you played hard too too hard too fast. I think the more appropriate saying is you played too hard and too sloppy. So I think Evie is doing a great job trying to play the middle. I applaud her for it because it's a hard game to play. I think though that she is trying to do a lot. And I think it only takes one person like Liana to catch, catch onto it. And then she could be in trouble. So I could see her going out possibly. The thing that I realized Dylan, while you were talking was Xander showed Evie and Voce the note, right? She, she showed them the whole note. Right. Uh, yes. So what I'm wondering, it well, uh, I guess you can make an argument that either he showed it to her or he just told her everything that was in it. I'm curious if she knows that the idol is out of the game because, and granted, maybe because obviously she knows from the notes what the three phrases are. So she heard Brad say the broccoli phrase. So she has to know. Okay, Xander has one. He can't vote right now. Brad has another. Luvu hasn't found theirs. So I'm wondering to answer your question about will Tiffany be the next to go if Yase goes to tribal? I think she will be because if if uh, if um what's it called? If Evie knows that Xander's idol no longer has power because Brad's gone and now Xander can't vote until the merge, Xander is way less of a threat now because he has no idol and he can't even vote until the merge. So he his threat level just plummeted down, and now I feel like Evie realizes okay if we go to tribal council. Xander is going to be loyal to me. He's not um, that much of a threat now. And Tiffany, again, maybe it was overplayed, was acting a little bit paranoid, and she was very like firm in, I want the vote to go my way. I could see this being a great setup for Tiffany going next week if Yase loses. I think you make a very good point um, that I didn't think of about that, is now you kept Xander because you kind of trusted him. Well, now Xander doesn't have any advantages except for the... 
extra vote, but he can't vote. So Xander plays no threat right now to you. He's just a number, and he's going to stick with you because he has no choice. So I think keeping Xander ultimately looks like the right move right now. You took out a threat in Voce, and you have Xander who can't vote and is right in your back pocket. So that's a very good point that you brought up that I honestly didn't even think of. We spoke so much about this last episode. So, uh, yes, I am very... um, I think that's a very good point, and I'm excited to see what happens with Xander. Xander's going to be like the big underdog of this season now. I'm excited to see that also because I think Xander could overcome it. Um, we'll have to see if he keeps telling people too much or you know what what happens with him. How fast the merge comes is obviously going to be important. Important. Now we're down to so we're down to 14 players left in the game, mm-hmm. right? I think there's a possibility that a big merge happens. I know they said they're going to let the tribes get small. I think not, not, not next week or anything. I think that it's a possibility that they can merge at 12 or 13 in this season. Cause how much more can you let these tribes get whittled down? Yase, if they were to lose next week, they'd only have three people left on the tribe. Um, and unless they just combine to two and they like draw buffs to see where the Yase people get distributed to, um, or they just redistribute it completely. Um, I think that, because Luvu is so dominant and Ua and Yase keep getting whittled down, I don't know if I could see this lasting much longer the way it is. So I, I need to think back to Survivor history, so I really hope I don't lose my Survivor historian card here. But, okay, so I'm thinking back to other three tribe seasons where they started at three tribes and how soon they merged. Now, it's weird because in Philippines... They started with three tribes, then they swapped to two once Matt Singh got demolished, and then they merged, you know, two episodes later. Have we ever seen, and people can in the comments can correct me if I'm wrong, have we ever seen a season that started with three tribes that never swapped into two and went to the merge? Because if what you're saying is true, that they might swap as soon as 13 or 12 or 11, and they don't end up swapping and they just go right to the merge... That would be the very that would be the first time we've ever seen this, unless I'm forgetting a season where we started with three and we never ever swapped. I, I feel like there's I feel like lately, ever since I can make an argument that ever since like South Pacific or ever since um actually I think it has been since South Pacific. I think we've had we've had at least one swap every single season. So that that would be very interesting. I can't even though we keep hearing that they're not supposed to be swapping. That's why I think that the merge is coming early, though. I think they're going to experiment with, like, a giant-type merge with, like, 13 people. Um, just because I, ca- I can't see, well, how are they going to keep getting whittled down like this? Like, are we going to have a two-person... Are we going to have a uh, a Season 10-type thing break out where there's two people left on a tribe? Like, I, do- I don't think that that should be... F- I don't think it's necessarily fair, let alone I don't think it should happen. Plus, we're going to have immunity challenges with three people on three people each competing. Like, it just doesn't mm-hmm. seem normal. Um, I could just see them. Maybe maybe they won't swap. They'll just distribute, as I said, the remaining to the others. So I feel like if I had to make a, a guess, if Jeff wants to make it really crazy and shake things up, he might do what they did in Gabon or maybe what they did in Cambodia where you have a swap and then you have a second swap. I think we're only going to have one swap, though, where – you only swap for one vote. There have been to- there have been times in Survivor history where they swapped for only one vote and they emerge Im- immediately later. So if what yeah. you're saying happens where they maybe have a big merge at like 11, I mean, I, I prefer like 10 person merges personally, but if they merge at like 11 or even 12, so we have two more votes to go, Dylan, before we get to that point, I could see them swapping just one time for one vote and then they immediately merge. Maybe that's what Jeff is saying, that it's the, the swap is not going to happen right away it may take a bit to get there and it's not going to be a very prolonged thing possibly. Yeah. Or again, or let's say that tribe gets down to two or three people. They get rid of, they, they 
distribute the two or three into the other tribes to even them out. And then there would be two tribes left and they even whittle those two tribes down further to where they would merge at like a very low number. I think either one of those is going to happen. So I think they're going to either merge at a very high number or a very low number. I don't think it's going to be a normal merge because mm-hmm. they did, they did say they wanted, they were stressing tribe, tribe is small tribes, tribes mattering. So I think it'll be interesting to see, um, especially if Yase loses next time. I think the smallest merge that we've ever seen I think was in Fiji. I want to say they merged at nine, which Fiji was a very weird season to begin with anyway, but I think that they actually merged at nine people. So I'll be curious to see if they merge late, if they go even smaller than that, because that would, that would be crazy. Yeah, I, I am curious to see, but a lot unfolding. Um, great episode tonight. Um, be sure to once again, follow us on Twitter, Instagram at soul survivor pod. Be sure that if you're watching us, like this video, subscribe to this channel if you haven't already. It really, really helps us out. Go to Apple, give us a five-star rating and review. Go to Spotify, subscribe there, subscribe on Apple. It really helps us out. If you ever have any questions, DM us, tweet at us. We're always around. You know. Also, let us know uh, what ki- what guests you want us to have on. We just had Davey on yesterday. It was a absolutely massive success. Um, I thought you know Davey was awesome. Um, you should go watch that if you haven't yet. Um, so let us know what guests you want us to have on as well. We will try to do our best in order to honor requests. And yeah, that's about it for tonight. Yeah, no, Dylan, I would say uh, before we hop off, this was another another uh, great episode. I do feel like um, your mileage may vary if you'd like advantages or not, but I just thought that this is a very fun cast, as people have been saying. Um, a lot of strong players, as uh, as Christian said in the chat and some other people, some strong female players. Maybe we'll get our first female winner since Sarah Lucina like seven seasons ago. But either way, only three episodes in, seven days out of 26. I'm excited to see how this plays out. And do we want to end with our catchphrase? We can always end with our catchphrase. Um, <laughs> unless people want us to end with a different catchphrase. But um, <laughs> we have nothing else for you. So as always, uh, grab your torches and head back to camp. Good night.